You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. If you have a family history of genetic disease, of say cystic fibrosis, you may want to find out whether you and your partner could pass on this disease to your child. That's when couples tend to ask for genetic testing. The most regular genetic test that pregnant women currently get is for Down syndrome, but there are many other conditions that tests can pick up. Rachel Casella and her husband, Jonathan, had no history of genetic disease, and so they didn't consider any other tests. Their daughter, Mackenzie, was nevertheless born with a genetic disease and died at seven months of age. Rachel has campaigned for wider genetic testing, and in June, a study was launched to investigate genetic carriers more widely. Hi, Rachel. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Before we go ahead, I just wanted to start with acknowledging the profound loss of your little girl, Mackenzie. Um, Tell me, what was she like? Um, As you can tell, I get this giant smile on my face when I... When I think about her, she was beautiful and perfect in every way. Um, The first thing most people notice about her is her big blue eyes, um, which could light up a room, but she could also have full conversations just using her eyes. And then um, that beautiful, gorgeous smile with the dimples either side. Yeah, she she was and is our world. Now, you and your husband had no idea that you were carriers of the um, genes that would create spinal muscular atrophy. That was the condition that Mackenzie was born with. What difference would genetic testing have made for you? It's really hard when I answer this question in terms of we truly believe that the time that we had our beautiful daughter for was the biggest gift we can possibly ever have asked for. She brought she brought colour to our life when we thought that we lived a good life, but looking back, it was like black and white and she just turned everything into colour. So for us, because the genetic condition that we carry, that we passed on to her, is a terminal illness, there is no cure. So... If we had known that we carried this condition, we probably would have gone down the route of IVF, which is what we're currently doing now. That is not ever in any way to say that we would not have wanted our time with Mackenzie, no matter what. But that is to say that we watched her struggle to breathe. We watched her inability to move. And we would never knowingly or voluntarily put a child through that. So knowing what we know now, we would have gone through IVF to create a child that did not have that terminal condition. How is it going with IVF for you both now? Because that in itself is a very intense and emotional experience. Yeah, to tell you the truth, um, it's a form of torture. It really is. Um, We went into IVF being probably quite naive, naive for a number of reasons. I think we were naive to IVF because we thought that since we had lost our daughter, that surely nothing else bad would happen to us and we basically would get a free pass at the rest of of our lives because we believed in that karma and that universe and we 
we were just unexpected. It was unexpected that we would have more troubles than the giant one of losing your child. Uh, we were also naive because we really honestly thought we have no fertility issues. So we honestly thought that we would only need one round of IVF, um, two maximum, and everything would be okay. Unfortunately, luck has not been on our side and we have just completed our ninth round of IVF. Yeah, it's tough. It's physically, emotionally, mentally, um, financially exhausting. And I don't think that it's spoken enough about that. Tell me about the study that was launched in June. Uh, my daughter's legacy. I am very proud to talk about that. It's a bit of a long story, so I'll try to keep it short. But basically, we found out after Mackenzie was diagnosed that we could have found out what genetic conditions we carry that we could have risked passing on to our children. I want to make it really clear that what happened to us could happen to anyone. We are not special or unique in any way. Every single person carries on average three to five genetic conditions in their DNA. So we all carry these. Whether it manifests into a child being affected with a genetic condition or comes down to who you happen to have children with. Because if they carry the same condition or the pieces of the puzzle particularly fit in that way, your child could be affected with a genetic condition. So learning that we all have genetic conditions in our DNA, I asked, well, is there a test that we can see what we carry? They said yes, and we found out that the test is a simple mouth swab that's sent to you in the mail. It's that easy, and that's what we could have had and could have stopped our child from suffering. So knowing that, we got really angry as to why this is not offered to everyone. Um, so we started campaigning the Australian government and we were very, very fortunate that we had the backing of some amazing medical professionals that are now the lead investigators for Mackenzie's mission. And we also had the backing of um, the Federal Health Minister, Greg Hunt, who has been phenomenal. So what he decided was um, he and the then Treasurer, Scott Morrison, last May, sorry, May 2018, announced that there was going to be a $500 million genomics project in Australia, which would make Australia world, world leaders in genomics. And the first pilot program was going to be called Mackenzie's Mission After Our Daughter. And it's a two-year pilot program testing 10,000 couples in Australia, just basically finding out how the best way that we can roll out free routinely offered genetic carrier screening to everyone in Australia who wants it. So that's what the pilot program is, um, is trying to undertake. You just mentioned that the idea is to make genetic testing free for everyone. Um, the, the tests that were available, had you even known to ask for them, are they currently expensive? Is that part of the problem? Yeah, so there's two problems when it comes to genetic carrier screening. The first is the cost. There's multiple tests out there from private companies, but they range so that there are thousands of genetic conditions out there. So the different tests that are currently available can test for the three most common genetic conditions, which um, is called the PREPARE test, and that's $385. 
And then you can have a range of other tests that test for hundreds of genetic conditions. And they come up to sort of around about the $1,000. So it really does depend on how many, how many genetic conditions you want to test for and how much money you've got. Um, so that's the first problem because not everyone has that sort of money sitting around. The second problem is the fact that people don't know to ask for it. And we're still trying to teach medical professionals to offer it. The previous guidelines used to be that medical professionals like GPs or obstetricians or IVF clinics, they only offered it to people who had a family history. But we found out that four out of five children born with a genetic condition have no family history. So what we were doing was really flawed and quite dangerous practice. So the RANSCOG guidelines, so that's the College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, they've now changed their guidelines to say that medical professionals should offer it to every single person planning for a pregnancy or in the first trimester. But we're still trying to get that information out to GPs and that's why we're also letting people know about it because then they can go to their GPs and ask for it and it prompts the GPs to learn and look into it. I think one of the things that is quite confusing for people when they're wanting to fall pregnant or are pregnant are the breadth of choices that are available to them in that period. So you can get tested for Down syndrome and there are more invasive tests and other tests. And depending on who talks you through that process, you can feel, oh, that's not necessary. Oh, I'm just going to worry more. It's going to be stressful and... Then there's people who argue um, that we're going to end on some slippery slope to Gadigal where we're using genetic testing to create designer babies, all that kind of stuff. If you put yourself back in that position, you obviously have so much information now and unfortunately some really deep personal experience with this. What would you say to those people who are at the beginning of their journey and sort of trying to navigate their way through all the information? How, what would you say to them in terms of how to decide what genetic testing to get? Yeah. Look, um, I completely understand. It is very confusing. I think, I think we make it more confusing than it actually needs to be. So firstly, to address that whole people being scared of genetics and the eugenic side of things that where people worry about designer babies. So Mackenzie's mission um, and the genetic carrier screening tests that are out there, they only test for lethal and severe genetic conditions. So they will not screen for um, something that is can be you can easily live with. They will not screen, we're not talking about hair colour or eye colour, we're not talking about, you know, missing a pinky finger, like we're talking about really severe life-limiting conditions. We're also talking about screening for conditions, some of these conditions actually have treatments and in a lot of, ch- in a lot of the times the treatments need to be given to a baby as soon as possible. So... We're not just talking about screening for genetic conditions to make sure that we do not have babies with genetic conditions. We're talking about also giving parents the information and the the knowledge to be able to go, okay, my child's going to be born with a genetic condition, but they can have an injection as soon as they're born with a potential treatment which would make their life better. So 
I don't really think that we should be worried about going down a slippery slope because we are very careful that we are only talking about severe conditions. Um, in terms of the genetic testing and what people should do, it's actually really simple in my eyes. Like you've said, I've had a lot of experience, but there's two different tests that you can do to look at the health of a baby when it comes to their genetics. The first one, it's called a genetic test. It's the NIPT, the non-invasive prenatal test, which is what they look for chromosome issues. So you get 23 chromosomes from your mum, 23 chromosomes from your dad. You want to make sure that you've got the 46 chromosomes together. If you have too many or too few, you have a, genetic, uh, you have a chromosome condition, like, for instance, Down syndrome. That is a test that you do when you're pregnant. Um, you can choose to do when you're pregnant, and I think it's from about 10 weeks. The genetic carrier screening we're talking about is not a test on the baby. It is a test on the parents to see if they carry anything. It isn't done when you're pregnant, or it can be, but you preferably want to do it before you get pregnant. That test to see if you as parents have anything that could pass on to the baby. If you're deemed high risk, then a genetic counsellor will talk to you about um, doing testing when you get pregnant to check. Because if you have a genetic condition, that doesn't mean you 100% will pass it on. So all of this, it all comes down to two separate tests, one before you get pregnant or in early um, pregnancy, the other one you test the baby in early pregnancy. Yes, it can be scary doing those tests and getting those results. 100%, it is nerve-wracking to wait. But I can tell you from experience, it's far worse to find out when you have a beautiful baby in your arms than to find out in time to potentially do a treatment, a cure, or to have a look at your options. So. It's, yeah, it's scary, but that's what being a parent is. You can't really turn a blind eye about these things. You're becoming a parent. You've got to look out for your child. Well, you've done some incredible work to help all of those who are wanting to have babies or who are interested in genetic testing. So thank you for that. And I sincerely hope that your IVF journey is a successful one. And that I'm someday looking on the internet and I see there you are with your baby. So um, I wish you all the best of luck with that. And thank you so much for the work you've done and for talking with us today. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, Email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.